I'm Katie Quinn, and this is my show, Q. Q is an interview show that talks about Missouri. I was born and raised in St. Louis, and now I go to the University of Missouri, also known as Mizzou. I'm just trying to get the word out there about what's going on in our state. I interview experts on issues that may have been unseen by the public. This week, I talked to two health specialists about the economics of health care, a space in Missouri that can be confusing to navigate. Health insurance in hospitals can be hard to come by in both rural and urban areas, especially as the pandemic rages on. Rural areas continue to see hospital closures, leaving thousands of residents without the proper health care they need. I talked to David Barb, who's had many roles in the medical industry. I'm a practicing family physician. I'm vice president of primary care for Mercy in Springfield. And then I've had several other roles, some of which we've talked about. Past president of Missouri State Medical Association. Past president of the American Medical Association. Dr. David Barb is a practicing physician in Mountain Grove, a town of 5,000 people. So I grew up in a small town in south central Missouri, Mountain Grove, and went uh, to the University of Missouri. And my uh, fiance at the time was in nursing, and that kind of directed my attention towards health care. Uh, I thought uh, maybe I was going to be a teacher at one point and thought, what better thing could you teach one about than their own health? So I see my transition into medicine as a very natural uh, combination of teaching and, and health care. Then I finished medical school and did my family medicine residency or specialty training and came back to my hometown of Mountain Grove, and I have practiced here for 37 years. Can you give me a, a short explanation of what healthcare economics is? Healthcare economics has several features to it. One part of it is what we spend on healthcare, and I think many people feel that healthcare in the United States is fairly expensive. We spend a lot on a per capita or per person basis on healthcare in the United States. So one part of healthcare economics is how much we spend. Another part of healthcare economics is what we get for that spending and how it impacts our communities, the providers, for instance, which are the doctors and the nurses and the hospitals. And so there is a significant economic impact it, of the provision of health care in our communities. Uh, in many communities, uh, especially those in medium and smaller size uh, cities and towns, the health care providers in that community may be the largest employer in the community. Uh, often it's second to the school system, but uh, one of the largest employers in the community. So there's a significant economic impact uh, in our communities because of the healthcare providers in those communities. So there are multiple ways to look at the economics of healthcare. What is the current layout like in Missouri for healthcare? What is the industry like? Missouri is fortunate to have a very robust and I'd say for the most part healthy um, healthcare uh, system, if you will. Uh, we have quite a few hospitals, about 140 hospitals in Missouri. 
uh, all different sizes from very small critical access hospitals to our very large tertiary care hospitals. Uh, we have well over 10,000 practicing physicians in the state. We have many more licensed physicians, but those that are in active, direct clinical practice uh, is between 12 and 15,000. So we do have a good healthcare infrastructure in Missouri. However, Missouri is like most other states in the country. The healthcare system is struggling right now and has been struggling for a while from the economic standpoint. Um, there are many hospitals in Missouri that are in the red each year. They function just right on the edge of being profitable or not profitable. Uh, similarly, many physician practices have struggled um, under the weight not only of excess regulations, but of downward pressure on payment for services. And uh, without getting too far into the weeds, uh, it has ended up resulting in a shift from many physicians being in independent practice now to most physicians being employed by a much larger physician group or uh, a local hospital. So while we do have, uh, and healthcare is a significant part of the economic base of our state, there are considerable external pressures on the provision of healthcare. And we have seen, and I hope we get to talk a little bit about hospital closures around the state of Missouri because they have been uh, significant. So let's do talk about that. Why are these hospitals in the red and why are they shutting down? So the economics of hospitals are that the hospital's costs are going up year after year. Labor costs go up. Uh, capital equipment costs go up. The cost of the medical supplies that we use during a hospitalization go up. The same thing is true in a physician's practice. All of those costs are going up while at the same time, the reimbursement from the payment system, Medicare, Medicaid, and insurance companies is essentially flat or in some cases declining in real terms. So when you have your expenses going up and your revenues being flat, uh, that's not a good position for any business to be in. And it has especially hit healthcare hard and within healthcare, the hardest hit are often the very small hospitals in rural areas, and I would suggest in communities that perhaps need them the most. Um, we've had 14 hospitals close in Missouri in the last six years um, of various sizes and in various parts of the state, but I would suggest to you that 14 um, acute rural hospitals um, is a big impact on the rural population in our state. What happens to those rural communities when a hospital does close? How do they get access to health care? So access to health care in rural areas is sometimes challenging anyway. Uh, many rural communities do not have a hospital at all. The town that I live in, a town of 5,000, doesn't have a hospital, hasn't had a hospital in modern times. Um, 
residents of my community have to drive a minimum of 25 miles to get to the nearest hospital. Well, what if that hospital closed? Then we would have to go even farther to get to a rural hospital. And in fact, that is what we see around the state when hospitals close. Those uh, residents of those communities often have to go miles, sometimes hours in terms of a travel time, to get to a hospital that can provide adequate services. Now, some of the hospitals that have closed were the sole providers in their county. Uh, they were the only hospital in their county. Uh, there are other situations in which there are hospitals closer by. There might be a hospital just 10 or 15 miles down the road, as it were. And in those situations, the impact perhaps is not quite as great. But uh, even at that, if a community has been depending on a hospital that has often been there uh, since the mid-1950s, many rural hospitals were built during the mid-1900s, 1950, 1960. And they've been accustomed to having those services. Uh, now they do not. And that really puts a significant uh, uh, strain on health care, especially for sometimes the most vulnerable. Think about the elderly and how much more difficult it is for them to go 15 or 20 or 30 miles than it might be for you or I. So uh, the impact is not the same on everyone in that community. It's not the same on those who might need emergency department visits frequently because of an unstable health condition. Uh, they are significantly impacted when a small hospital closes or when their local hospital closes. Um, and without going too much farther on this, the other service that is sometimes lost in these communities is obstetric services. Um, probably one of the most notable hospital closures recently in Missouri was the closure of Twin Rivers Regional Medical Center in Kennett, uh, down the extreme boot heel of Missouri. Um, they did provide OB care for that community, and uh, there were many articles in the press at the time that hospital closed about how greatly that was going to inconvenience the women in that area who were counting on that hospital and those doctors for their prenatal care and for their delivery. And they then had to go some distance uh, and sometimes across state lines into a different state in order to uh, continue the rest of their OB care or to get OB care. So it's, it really is a wide-ranging impact on the community from the healthcare standpoint. Uh, not to, even to mention the economic standpoint. You, of course, are part of a small town and a doctor. How have you seen the positive and the benefits of practicing in a small town? Well, I'll just start out by saying I, I love living in a rural area and I love practicing in a rural area. Um, it probably goes without saying that most physicians could go many different places to practice. We could practice in St. Louis or in Kansas City or Columbia. Uh, but those of us who practice in the rural areas do it be partly because um, we uh, enjoy the, the rural lifestyle, but also because we see this, many of us see this as a mission. When my wife and I returned to our community, one of the main drivers 
was because it appealed to our sense of, of mission and ministry. Uh, the people in uh, this part of the state and in many other counties in Missouri are chronically underserved, uh, have had a lack of health care resources. And so when we came back to this community, we knew that our uh, skills and our talents were needed and they are still desperately needed in many communities around Missouri. Uh, we have, there is a, a score, a, a national score uh, that relates to health professional shortage in any given county. And the vast majority of Missouri counties are health professional shortage areas. And there are some incentives uh, to physicians to go to rural areas uh, there are loan repayment, for instance. Many graduating physicians coming out of school have very high student loan debt, and uh, an incentive for them to go to an underserved area would be if some of their loans could be forgiven. Um, but physicians typically don't go to the rural areas for the economic benefit that they're going to get there. It's, it is generally not an economic benefit. They go to rural areas because they see a need they want to serve, uh, they know that their skills are, and their knowledge are going to be needed, and that's why many physicians go into medicine, because they want to make a difference in the health of the patients that they serve. What do you think is the best way to grow the healthcare industry in these small towns? So that has been looked at for a long time because, as I've said, not only in Missouri but literally around the country, many rural areas are underserved. There are few hospitals and fewer all the time as we see hospitals closing all across the country. Uh, one study that I'm familiar with uh, have indicated that there have been over 100 rural hospitals that have closed in the last 10 years. Uh, many of those have been here in the Midwest and the Mid-South. So it's a complex question. There are programs in place that do currently provide some economic um, incentive, if you will, for um, hospitals in rural areas and for physicians in rural areas, as I've said. My personal feeling and the feeling of many who study this is that those programs need to be increased or enhanced, that the um, differential in payment, for instance, for what is called a critical access hospital that is paid by Medicare and Medicaid a little differently than just what you might think of as a standard fee or service. The patient comes in, the insurance pays, and that's the normal routine. Well, in these critical access hospitals, there's a different payment structure that tries to more closely cover the costs of delivering that care. But even if you cover the cost, that hasn't produced any profit for the hospital to reinvest in capital equipment or to offer incentives to physicians to come to that area. So either side of the healthcare provider equation, whether it's the physician side or it's the hospital side, if we want to have services available directly in rural communities, the reimbursement for those or incentives for those are simply gonna have to be greater. The cost of doing business in these rural communities is often higher. 
some of these small hospitals can't achieve the economies of scale of mid-size or larger hospitals. So it's it's a two-edged sword. The other part with regard to reimbursement is that often um, the there's a lower rate of commercial insurance in those areas and a much higher rate of Medicare and Medicaid. Um, historically, Medicare and Medicaid payments have simply not covered the cost of providing health care either in the doctor's office or for a hospital. And I venture to say that most hospitals in this state and in other states actually make their positive margin, the margin that allows them to reinvest in facilities and reinvest in technology, only comes from the commercial insurance that they, uh, you know, customers that they have. And in rural communities, the commercial payer base is much smaller than it is in urban areas. Um, I might give you an example. Just in general, hospitals in Missouri um, have about 46% of their patients are Medicare patients, and yet only 35% of their total revenue comes from Medicare. So you can see that although the percentage of patients is much larger in the Medicare and, Medi and Medicaid is the same way, uh, about 20% of all hospital admissions and discharges are Medicaid patients, but only 15% of their revenue comes from Medicaid. So they have to, if you will, make up their um, budget based on the amount of commercial insurance they have. And as I've said, that is often much less in rural communities. Is there any push to change this reimbursement system? There is a lot of push to change it, but with most other situations, when uh, money is involved, it's very difficult to get increased uh, payments to these rural hospitals. State budgets for health care are pretty tight. The federal budget for health care is pretty tight. And as I said earlier in our interview, um, we spend quite a bit already on health care in this country. And often when the health care providers, the doctors and the hospitals, go to a state legislature and say, we need to improve Medicaid reimbursement, or when physician and hospital organizations go to Washington, D.C. and say, we need to improve reimbursement for these rural hospitals, um, it sometimes simply falls on deaf ears. Um, the, there's not much interest uh, in government, either at the state or federal level, to spend much more on health care so that it has caused us to try to continue to hang on with the um, reimbursement structures we have, maybe having small adjustments, you know, here and there, um, and and trying to be as efficient as possible, try to keep the cost of providing health care as low as we can in rural areas uh, to try to hold on. But as I mentioned earlier, in spite of all of those things, we continue to have a few two to five hospital closures almost every year in the state of Missouri. 
In 2018, over half a million Missourians were uninsured. Sheldon Weisgrau is the Vice President of Health Policy at Missouri Foundation for Health. He speaks on the importance of health insurance and how new policy will affect the state. I have been working in health policy for my entire career, which is now uh, more than 35 years. Um, I've, I've worked in um, the private sector, the public sector, and the nonprofit sector. So I've, I've, I've seen kind of all three of those. Um, a pretty significant amount of my time has been working specifically in rural health. Um, but for the last 10 years, or so, I've worked primarily on health reform um, across the health system and on uh, Medicaid issues. What does the landscape of healthcare look like in Missouri? Well, that's I mean that, that that's a really big question. <laughs> um, so I mean, just to kind of paint a really general picture, um, Missouri. Um, like a lot, like a lot of other states, um, certainly currently is 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 struggling with with getting a handle on the COVID epidemic, and that is kind of what's first and foremost in front of folks who work in healthcare. But beyond that, um, you know, the kinds of issues and problems in health and healthcare that we face in Missouri are similar to what to what are being faced in most of the rest of the country. Um, we have a pretty significant percentage of people who don't have health insurance. We have um, problems with uh, high rates of chronic illness. Um, all, all of that is exacerbated by inequities, racial inequities, geographic inequities. Um, and, all, and all of those things are actually um, magnified and, and worse in rural areas than in urban areas. And so we, we, we have a lot to work on. Um, what, what is positive? Um, there's certainly a lot of positives as well. Um, Missouri has really great healthcare providers. Um, I'm located in St. Louis, for example. We have, we have world-class academic medical center that's located here. Missouri has a good network of federally qualified health centers around the state and rural health clinics that provide primarily primary care to people. And so there certainly are things to build on. Um, Specifically related to COVID, uh, a problem we have here in Missouri is um, we have not traditionally, we have not historically um, done a good job funding public health services. And so by some measures, Missouri is last in the nation in terms of per capita spending on public health from the state level. And so that's something that, that I think really is, is being magnified by the current pandemic um, and we're seeing that especially now um, in our rural communities where most of the pandemic hotspots are, are in rural Missouri and, in fact, in the nation in rural communities. In rural Missouri, what would be some of your recommendations to better health care access? Well, I mean, it's when you talk about health care access in rural communities, it's it's again, it's an issue that is much bigger than just looking specifically at healthcare. And so um, it would be easy to say, well, if more people in rural Missouri had health insurance, they'd have better access to healthcare. 
and that certainly is true. Um, but beyond that, um, Missouri communities are older, poorer, and sicker than urban communities. And um, a lot of the reasons behind that go to economic issues. And so um, most rural communities have been losing population for many, many years. Um, many rural communities have lost um, jobs and lost industry, especially as manufacturing has moved out. Agriculture just does not employ a lot of people anymore. And so you've seen um, communities emptying out. Um, you've seen a loss of opportunity for young people who, who, who then leave looking, looking for jobs and better opportunities. And those, those aren't healthcare issues um, specifically, but they exacerbate all the healthcare problems. And what you're left with is a population that's older, um, that has more chronic illnesses, um, and at the same time, a health system that is harder to support because there's just not as many people around. And so um, in addressing rural health, we have, to, we have to kind of zoom out, look at some of these bigger issues and address, um, you know, what's going on economically in those communities. Um, the Missouri Foundation for Health is also, um, we look at everything we do through an equity lens. And so, um, you know, there are, there are huge differences in um, what you can, what's available in rural communities and what's available in urban communities. And that's a type of inequity that, that we're concerned about um, and trying to address. One, one thing that's gonna make a huge difference for rural Missouri is uh, Medicaid expansion, which the state, um, as you probably know, passed via a ballot initiative um, back in August. That's gonna get implemented um, through next year and folks will start enrolling in, in, in an expanded Medicaid program in July of 2021. And what we've seen in other states that have expanded their Medicaid programs is that it, it has a profound impact across the health system, but primarily in rural communities um, because rural providers are just struggling more um, financially than, than providers in urban and suburban areas. And so by ensuring more people and uh, with more people able to pay for their health care, um, that will really shore up those providers. Missouri's lost a lot of rural hospitals that have closed in recent years. And while Medicaid expansion won't solve that problem completely, we know that hospitals are much less likely to close in states that have adopted Medicaid expansion. And then beyond that, Medicaid expansion will bring hundreds of millions of dollars into the state every year. All that money will flow through the economy. And again, because of all the issues I've been talking about in rural economies, that money will just have more of an impact in rural Missouri than it will in the rest of Missouri. It will create jobs. Um, it will create economic growth. And so, um, while certainly Medicaid expansion is not a, a solution to all the problems in Missouri healthcare and Missouri rural health, it's going to be a, a really important and really profound uh, change that will really help the state. Is there any more policy in the works right now, either regarding Medicaid or just better healthcare access in general? Well, I mean, there's, there's always policy in the works. Um, 
you know, if, if, if you look at what's happening at the national level, there, you know, the debate about the Affordable Care Act has been going on for, um, the last 10 years and is, is not going to end. In fact, the Supreme Court is going to be hearing a case that could potentially overturn the Affordable Care Act, um, in a couple of weeks. And if they, depending on what the Supreme Court does with that, will, um, could potentially create havoc across the healthcare system in terms of people losing coverage, um, in terms of a lot of the protections that, that people have become used to over the last 10 years in their health insurance plans going away. Um, and so that's something that um, will have to be dealt with at the national level. That will flow down those impacts will flow down to the state of Missouri, for example, through Medicaid expansion, which I just talked about. That is a program that is available through the Affordable Care Act. If the Supreme Court overturns the Affordable Care Act, that will no longer be an option for the state of Missouri. Um, and what will, what will go away is all the, all the federal funding attached to that. And so you know, that, that's just kind of a, a, an example of the fact that there's, there's always health policy going on. Uh, legislators are always talking about um, how to change existing programs like Medicare or Medicaid, um, both at the state and the federal level. And so here, here in Missouri, state legislators will certainly be addressing a whole range of health policy issues in the upcoming legislative session. Um, and we will be um, keeping an eye on what they're doing and trying to um, uh, hopefully positively move forward if, if, if they make some positive changes. A large part of getting health insurance and getting coverage has to do with education and educating the state um, about Medicare expansion, about private health insurance, et cetera. How do you get the proper information out there to the public? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So, um, since the Affordable Care Act um, expanded coverage in Missouri, the foundation, with a whole lot of other partners across the state, has formed a coalition called um, the Cover, Cover Missouri, which um, is hundreds and hundreds of organizations that have pledged to get information out to people and help them enroll in appropriate health coverage. And so it ranges from health and social services providers um, to, I mean, if you go to a local library, you're going to find information about health insurance. Um, and that is all there as a result of this, of this big coalition um, called Cover Missouri that is, that has devoted itself um, in the last um, nearly 10 years to making sure people have that information. Even with that, health insurance is incredibly complicated. And so um, people often need assistance in making their choices. And for that, they can look to um, insurance agents um, who sell health insurance. And also there's a network of assisters and um, navigators who are um, funded through the Affordable Care Act who help people make those choices. And that's something that um, most healthcare providers will be able to um, steer people um, in a direction um, to someone who can get who can get them help um, to talk about their insurance options. Also that you know the state through the Medicaid program, the state of Missouri is responsible for enrolling people and there are um, 
state workers who, who do the job as well. And then my last question for you, do you have any recommendations for someone who currently does not have health insurance? Yeah, um, a lot of people who don't have health insurance are actually eligible for um, programs that are out there. And so, for example, um, the Affordable Care Act has actually a fairly generous program of tax credits and subsidies to help people pay for their health insurance. And so anybody who doesn't have health insurance should seek out assistance. You can go to the website covermo.org um, and type in your address or, or your zip code and you'll get a whole list of folks who can help walk you through that process and tell you what your options are. Um, and it's likely that a lot of people who don't have health insurance actually will qualify for, for pretty substantial subsidies. Beyond that, starting in July when the Medicaid expansion goes into effect, um, that will uh, provide coverage for uh, more than 200,000 people, most of whom are currently uninsured. And so that will be a, a, a huge impact as well. It will not be available through the middle of the year, but, but will make a di big difference. Beyond that, there are lots of healthcare providers out there that provide their services um, at reduced fees or even at no cost at all to patients who are uninsured. Federally qualified health centers, which are located throughout the state, um, are in fact specifically set up to offer those services, uh, primary care services to people who are uninsured or underinsured. Um, and hospitals um, through their emergency rooms will offer services to people who don't have care. So if, if people can find out um, who the healthcare providers are in their community, those providers can usually help, help steer them um, to services that are available. Social services providers as well um, can help people um, get the care they need even if they don't have insurance. Thanks for joining me today for my show on the economics of healthcare. For updates on this story, follow me at KDQ News on Instagram. Next time, listen to hear about the stock market and how college kids should get started. As always, remember, question everything.